Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes host Uncommon Sense, where they discuss key business ideas on how to improve financial planning businesses. Thanks for listening and on to the next episode. Good afternoon, everyone. We are hopefully live after some small tech issues happening internally, which we love to share because it's uh, real life and these things do happen. So we've had 10 minutes of tech drama on my uh, end uh, and hopefully Craig will give us a thumbs up that we're actually live and and running. So good afternoon, everyone. So just welcoming uh, our first guest as well, Lisa, to Uncommon Sense and welcome to Craig as well. How are you both today? Wonderful. Thanks for a uh, very exciting first guest. No pressure. There's no, absolutely <laughs> no pressure at all, actually. So, Just relax, uh, Lisa. You're in great hands. Time. Hello, Craig. Hey, Dean. How are you? Welcome, Lisa. We're, uh, we're very excited to have you. And uh, I have to say for the advisors that are watching along, um, I believe you translate their speak into client speak. So uh, they need to strap themselves in and, and, uh, Hopefully they can understand client speak today, which would be great. Yes, strap in. <laughs> awesome. So, look, that, that's a great place to start, Lisa, in terms of telling us a little bit about uh, yourself and your, your business just to get everyone warmed up today. So, yeah, tell us your story and what got you into the place where you are today in terms of, as Craig said, translating advisor speak into, into real human language. Yeah, so thanks. Look, I'm going to actually use um, a saying you use, Dean, I've heard, which is I help advisors sharpen up that front-end story, which is so crucial for their marketing, and then help them create some core parts of their marketing, like their website, lead generators, email sequence. I help them basically set up the core machine that they need. Um, And how I got here is that I've been did the uni thing, worked in marketing in the tech industry, then ended up in the financial planning space, working in a licensee, then in a practice. So I've been at the coalface. I know what it's like to do marketing in a financial planning business. Once I had the kids, I went out and I've been doing my own thing. In um, a couple of years ago, I discovered StoryBrand and basically that's then made me focus. So marketing, we all know it's this huge, enormous beast and there's so many parts to it. And I was really a jack of all trades, I guess, and now I really just focus in that sort of front-end story part of the marketing puzzle. Cool. And I think a couple of things that comes from that is definitely advisors for small business. We've got a lot of choice in terms of, the different things we can use and often we get overwhelmed by all those things and we jump to the product solution and surprisingly enough like for financial advisors we're constantly telling clients it's about the strategy not the product but then when we go into our own business world we jump into product solutions every time so often i hear advisors saying things such as oh yeah i tried facebook ads for a little while and they didn't work or, oh, yeah, I had such and such come and do this thing and it didn't work. And we can all laugh about those things because most probably the Facebook ads, I go, oh, how long did you do it for? And they say something like, oh, I tried it for a couple of weeks and I didn't get any business from it. And so, therefore, I stopped. And so, um, 
that's an interesting thing in itself is how long we have to commit. But this is the whole thing of context before content is that what I'd love to talk about in terms of the story brand is that you have a system that you've, that story brand is, is bigger than you, but we have a system that you're, you've learned and that you apply. And so tell us a little bit about that and how you help advisors um, stop going to Facebook ads as the solution. Yeah, so what you're talking about is what I talk about, spray and pray marketing, right? So it's just yeah. trying this and that, shiny object. This sounds good. Someone else is doing that. That must work. Google ads, pay-per-click, all, all yep. really valid things that can totally work in marketing. The problem is they're done without the foundation in place, right? Yep. So it's like pouring water into a bucket full of holes. Like it's, it, it, it is really. So what story brand does is i've been i've been doing a puzzle with the kids that's sitting on the dining room table and when you start a puzzle right you do the edge pieces first because then that guides how you solve the rest of the puzzle i don't really know anyone else who does a puzzle any different could be wrong but you know you start with the edge so story it definitely takes longer to do it a different way yeah and <laughs> so that's fine if you do but you know strategically i mean i'm teaching the kids do the edge do the edge pieces first, gives you a frame to help yep. you solve the puzzle. Story brand is like that. Like there's so many different ways to do marketing, but story brands like it's a methodology for creating your messaging and some core marketing content. It's like I liken it to, you know, advisors have investment philosophies and insurance philosophies that guide the advice. Yep. Story brands like that for marketers. Um, and it essentially helps flick that switch where you're thinking about what you want to say it helps you actually put look at your business through the eyes of your clients and speak in their language yeah yeah awesome. Lisa, i was looking um at at some of the sites that you've done and all of that kind of thing and i think one of the things people find it easy to do is actually to be complicated uh, and they overcomplicate stuff. And that seems, for whatever reason, most mindsets seem to go easy to complicated, hard to being simple. But it feels like the process that you're using and the the, the way you've got it is, is you've got this secret to making things so simple but clear and warm and friendly. What, what's some of the, the hidden bits behind that? Well, you've... You've nailed it. It's all about simplifying. So the way StoryBrand works is it all starts with the messaging first. So you start with this what's called a brand script. It's like what um, writers use to write a movie but in a very simplified form. And it helps you kind of pull out the key parts of your message into seven categories. And it's essentially about looking at you know, what are the problem? you know, who are we, what does the character want? So the character's the hero, which is your client, right? And then what are the problems? What are their problems but in everyday language? Not what you, how you would articulate, but in very everyday language. Like, for example, say your client is, your ideal client's a 40-something-year-old white-collar professionals, right? So the villain in their life, is information overload likely they've read all the books but you know but then their problem is that they're busy they're juggling kids and careers and their finances are all over the place right and so 
that's their problem and that makes them feel stressed, overwhelmed. And so there we've got the problems. And then the next part of the of distilling your message is to go, okay, well, we're the guides. So show you need to show empathy. And that's where you're talking about the warmness of it. It's like showing that you understand. Like we understand, we get it. There's heaps of information out there and it's hard to know what to believe, but we've been doing this for a long time and we've helped people just like you. And then, you know, we've got all the qualifications and, and everything like that. And there's a seven, there's like seven steps to this brand script or what I like to call a marketing message on a page. And essentially you do that and then that guides the marketing content you create moving forward. The thing is, it's actually quite a challenge to simplify down to those seven parts, but it's super powerful once you've done it because then you've got all the bits to then, like you said, like with the websites, they seem relatable and they seem warm. That's because we've thought very deeply about these problems and what success looks like and what failure could look like and what the client transformation is by from working with an advisor. So it's really starting there at the core messaging and then building, you know, website, even social posts all come from that. Mm. And the, I think the interesting thing, Lisa, is it doesn't have to be, uh, the outputs are not necessarily complicated. Like the websites, as, as just one example of what is created, like the websites can be relatively simple because we're trying to communicate one story um, and then, and then you want clients to call or make an appointment or to, to take the next step. And so you don't have to have everything on the website as that, as a part of the solution. Um, but how do you, what's the next step after that? So are you helping the advisor with what they're actually saying to clients in the meet, in the first meeting, or is it because that's the next challenge is the, the advisor can stuff up all the branding by opening their mouth in the in the first meeting and going into too much detail. Well, I don't go into that. I don't go into that step because, like I said, there's so many. I've decided that I used to help with that part, and now I just stay in my lane. So I stay yep. here in my sort of zone of genius because I feel like that's where I can add the most value. Have we lost Dean? That's all right. Keep going. Maybe yes. He'll be back. But what I was going to say is that in to make the messaging feel really authentic, like on the website and in the lead magnets, emails, social posts, I get the advisors to tell me the type of analogies and conversations they have in meetings. And then I weave that through their messaging. So it feels like a really seamless experience from that marketing world to the real world. Yep. We've cool. got a, uh, a comment there, Dean, um, from our good friend Cameron. Learning to <laughs> shut up is an important skill. I trust you've got your CPD points covered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have my Very CPD good, Cameron. Uh, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, look, there's a lot of things about keeping our message really, really simple at that, at that front end so that we don't stuff it up. Um, but I do like the clients – um, when you get this right, I feel like clients come to you and they say, well, I've been watching what you've done, i.e. I've, I've been following you for a while or I've, been, I've checked you out on certain things and the story becomes consistent, that I've seen lots of things along the way and they're all consistent. 
Totally. And that's, it should actually feel, there should actually really then be no sales in the process. And that mm. once, like I know with my process, once people come to me, they've already been, you know, seeing maybe what I've said on LinkedIn, they've read my websites, they've read the case studies, they've downloaded a, a freebie from my website. They So by the time they've booked in that call to speak to me, they already know what to expect. There's no surprises. But it's also, um, I, I just love when you go to an advisor's website and it just feels really authentic and it sounds mm. like they're talking to you rather than so many advisors websites and I'm talking mean, I mostly deal with smaller practices you know and you go to some of them and, and they sound corporate buttoned up mm. they sound like a bank website or but at the you know that's not them they're actually wearing you know polo shirts or t- you know they're really actually quite laid back and there's some I love it when you see and, and I try to do you know the catchphrases and analogies that they use in their meetings just makes it feel really authentic and relatable. Absolutely. And I think like we, Craig and I were looking at John Mancera's website today, which you, uh, that's one that you helped with yes. in, the, in the last little while. And we were commenting that the pictures and the words at it all, it's all him as a person because Craig and I know him per, like personally, and he's got out of the corporate business into his own business. And so yes. this is the first time that he would, that his voice in terms of everything that he was been saying to clients along the way is now he can translate that into his story brand and he branding and his story on the website, which is the first time he's been able to do that. Yeah, he was, oh, that was so fun to work with him and Danae. And he was just, he was so pumped. He's like this, it just felt like him. And so I've done my job right if that's if that's how the client feels because he, it, it really did. That was the, a lot of the stuff on there, you know, like you don't want to be tied to your desk till you're 60. So another way to say that is you want to retire early. Well, which one's more powerful? Which one mm. speaks to people more, you know, which one's more relatable? They're exactly the same thing, right? Yep. I want to retire yeah. early. I don't want to be tied to my desk till I'm 60. One so much like builds a connection so much quicker. Yeah, definitely. And Lisa, can I can I pick your brain a little bit on the style of photos that kind of tend to get used because they're right. not those stuffy in a suit, this much of my frame, and that kind of thing. So the way you've styled them to me is very appealing. Can you talk us through a little bit why you choose that style and what that that means for the person looking at the page? Well, I can't take credit for the photographer because that photographer yeah. did an amazing job. But, I mean, with imagery on a website, so I'm quite fussy about imagery on a website, I like it to be as authentic as possible. So, you know, use photos of you and your team but get a professional pho- photographer because like, you can just see the quality of John and Danae's photo photos on there. You know, if you are a local planner and you deal, do mostly work with people in your local area, use some local images. And if you are going to use stock photos, make sure they're sort of better, like good quality ones and that they, they don't feel tacky and cheesy. You know, ideally it, it would be amazing to get, you know, photos of your clients actually doing, you know, I have seen advisors do it. That's like ultimate, right? Photos. I think we can... I think now we know what a stock photo is. Like that's the problem. Yes. Like mm. maybe 10 years ago or five five years ago, it was like stock photos were like, oh, that's a nice retiree couple. Whereas 
now you go on to 10 different websites and you see the same retiree couple that becomes the the picture of the retiree couple that you can't get away from that's um, right so yeah definitely having your own photos your local imagery and local uh yeah if you can get your clients to turn up for a sh photo shoot even better yeah that would be like ultimate but definitely you know and for the advisors i work with like i said small practices it's put your face there like if you're the people dealing with the clients i know how it like to get when i did my website to put my face on there all over it was like i was mortified right that was just not something i ever thought i would do but mm. you're the face you're the one dealing with the clients and you want them to get to know you so you do need to have pictures up there but you know pay for a good photographer to get for those photos yep absolutely and and talk to us about testimonials what do you think about getting them on the website whether they're um whether clients actually read them and things like that like i read restaurant reviews before i go in and <laughs> decide that i want to eat a steak for example what's your experience with how testimonials might work for financial planning and putting them on the website 100 you need them because social proof is so powerful if someone's going to you know take the time to write a testimonial they it, they obviously did value what you did and it social proof is just so powerful so like on john's site you know a good way to do it is obviously google reviews and then you can just pull them into your website so you're not double handling the tech kind of already does it so that's you know here's what generally happens some people say oh, i don't need to worry about my website because i get referrals but I'd quit every, every referral you get will probably go through this. They'll be referred to you. So whether it's by their accountant or a friend, they'll hop on their phone, most likely Google you. So they'll see Google reviews and then they'll likely click on your website. Yep. So, and they're going to judge you probably, they're going to judge you within seconds. So and they've already, that's, that's the most amazing thing, Lisa, when you get that right, I feel like the client already knows you before they've come in to see you. I, I, even I've had situations where people know that, you know, they know the name of the kids or the, or the, like they know that you've recently been married or they know something about your story because you've shared it somewhere. Um, people read my LinkedIn articles or they listen to a podcast. So they've already gone through this exercise of making sure you're a nice guy um, before they've actually made the decision to come in and see you. Absolutely. And you and they've self-identified as your client as well because you your messaging and I know with your financial advice practice, it's very clear very quickly who you deal with, high net worth clients. Like it's you need to grab people quickly. They don't have they're so busy and bombarded with information. They don't have time to decipher. It's like tell them quickly who you help, how you help, how you make their yeah. life better, and do it in a way that's you. Like don't try to be someone else because people deal with you because they like dealing with you. There's how many 15,000, how many tens of thousands of advisors. So should tell me in a way that's very authentic. Mm. So what can go wrong? Like let's let's think about some war stories of of things like problems you've solved, like bad to, to good outcomes or just how does this go back to that Facebook, I've bought Facebook ads example, like, what things go wrong that you see and how do you sort of triage those those sort of bad outcomes? 
So I kind of, there's sort of the, I have three M's of the mistakes I see. It's like the market, the message and mayhem. So the market is just not having a target market, not having clearly defined who it is you want to attract to your business because you can help everybody, right? But I heard, I saw this, I read an article by Carl Richards recently and he talked about your business being a plane and there's only a finite number of seats on that plane. Who do you want to sit on your plane? Like, and the problem is if you don't define that, then your messaging's really just broad, speaks to everyone, speaks to no one. That's sort of the Mm. same out there, right? So the first one I see is just market. An example I had was an advisor um, I worked with last year who came to me and he said, you know, I want to work with, I just want to work with pre-retirees and retirees. But when we went, looked at his website, you know, there were pictures of 20-something-year-olds on, you know, <laughs> the stand-up paddleboard. The messaging was super broad. It, You know, if you were a retiree and went to that website, yeah, okay, maybe you would have, but it didn't, you didn't go, oh, wow, these guys specialise in retirement planning. So, yeah. you know, we fixed it. It's, there's no question now. Like, it's just... It's the retiree. So I'd say the first one is definitely market. You yeah. know, having a no market broad audience. The second one is the message. So not actually working out how the you know how you're going to describe your why, your how, your what, your who in language and words that resonate with those clients. So yeah. messaging is kind of elusive. But it is that front end story that you've talked about before, Dean. And is that an ele- is that kind of like the elevator pitch? Like it's on the website, but it's also if I saw someone in the elevator, like it's what I would say to them in the thirty seconds and being consistent across everything. Correct. Exactly. It's like that LinkedIn about, you know, and it's it's the quick one liner. It's you know, and it's it is, it's that elevator pitch or brand pitch that you use when you know you're on some you know on a webinar or yeah so what it feels like you're you're doing with that lisa is it is it feels like you're somehow getting that message across um in such a natural friendly way rather than someone being so structured and boring about this is what i do like that's what i think is remarkable about what you've got it's you know cameron who's watching on today has taught me and dean about conversation voice versus presentation voice and you should always be in conversation voice and from what i've seen for the work you do it feels like your websites are conversation voice even though it clearly helps people know so that's what i find remarkable with what you've done so that's kind of yeah that's I like it to feel like you're just speaking to the clients naturally. Like, look, I, you know, it's, it is about being authentic and if it's not about using big words. And I used to get caught up in this and think, oh, I'm not a great writer. And I know Donald Miller, the guy who created StoryBrand, said the same thing, but essentially it's using words that you use in everyday language it's not Mm. trying to be someone else like but you know if you deal with if you dealt with academics and that was your then you would have a different totally different type of wording and voice than someone who deals with retirees in the regional area like it's just Mm. it it really and it is just essentially it's speaking in the language of your ideal client but you have to define who that is first because if you don't yep. do that then you 
it's really difficult to create messaging that feels relatable. So we've got the so you've got the market. So yep. we define that. We do the message. And then we've got what's this mayhem? Okay, so mayhem is like we talked about before, kind of spray and praying without a strategy. Yep. And it's also mayhem in terms of, you know, like you go to a website and it happens with so many businesses. A website's just a, well, let's just tick that off the list. Let's get a website up. We'll give it to a web developer they'll do something and oh we better chuck some words in there and we'll throw some pictures up and it just kind of looks it's messy cluttered there's no real story and it's kind of like inviting someone to your office that you've mm. let you know go in disarray so it's the clutter and chaos of your actual website and other marketing content like even like social media posts just doing them without any kind of strategy behind them and hoping for the best so it's that kind of um and it's like with the mayhem it's it's like um craig said you know the sort of robotic language and just kind of filling words like i'm all about if it doesn't have a purpose get rid of it like less mm. is more if though if that paragraph or that sentence doesn't provide any value and isn't speaking to the soul of the person that you're trying to attract to your business, get rid of it. Mm. Yes, yeah, so say less on you. If you say less, you've got less chance of stuffing it up as well. Like that's really well said. It's like lots of advisors, even in the sales process, like we don't always know when to stop, i.e. the client wants to be a client <laughs> and we're still trying to sell them on the value of our services. and. Sometimes I've been in meetings and I'm like, shut up and give them an invoice. Like yeah. you've, you've done the work that you need to do and they're ready to ready to work. You know, Cameron, who's listening on, uh, who's our one of our biggest fans now, Craig, um, <laughs> I had made the buying decision that I wanted to work with him before I'd actually even spoken to him. And therefore he didn't have he and he probably worked that out at some time in the first iteration of our talking together that you skip a lot of the fluff that you would normally have because i go i like you i like what you do would you be interested in working under this way yes here's the price let's let's get started and so yeah if we can all say less but say it really well i think that's really really valuable and on the mayhem that i see lisa all the time is that the the inconsistency of doing something uh and you know we talk about what craig and i are doing just with uncommon sense we committed to do it for a whole year because we knew that we needed to be consistent and and that meant for the first 11 uh <laughs> no one watched and that now we've got people watching which is phenomenal um that's you lisa not us um so we'll, we'll obviously have you back again um but the reality is, is that that whole thing about we're doing 24 of them before we get to a point where we go, oh, that was fun. Do we want to keep doing it or not? And that's the mayhem of going, let's try Facebook. Let's do a LinkedIn post. Let's write a blog. I think the number of websites that have blogs that were written in uh, the referring to maybe the GFC is pretty common. Of course. And I think it's this whole reactionary, like I'll see someone else do something, so I'll do it for a bit. That's why I try yeah. to get advisors to bring their focus back. You know, even if you're like with a blog, it's like, do, is your 
have you got the key components before you're even doing that? So with the mm. blog, you know, what's your what is the big idea you're trying to get across in your blogs? And that all comes back to your message and your market. Like if you're gonna when you're writing like a blog, it should be or when you're writing anything, it should be written to one person because it's then so much more powerful. So mm. it's I feel like when people have their upfront story sorted all of those things become easier as well because it's not like guesswork anymore excellent craig do you have do you have one do you have another question yeah i'm just looking um you know the the thing i love um which i think is worth perhaps finishing off on dean is is lisa's mission um and that is to you know capture the the hearts and minds from an advisor's perspective to capture the hearts and minds of the majority of consumers out there. And, and I think you're spot on Lisa, like we, we need more people like you help helping and working with advisors because that's the ultimate goal. Right. And I think that's just a, a beautiful mission and uh, maybe talk to us about how that came up to, to finish off. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, I've been in this industry for a long time, but I still know that people don't, have this clear piece of real estate in their mind where financial planners fit, right? So they know an accountant and a mortgage broker. They have this clear, you know, if I literally think of my head, it's like they own this space, right? But financial planners don't, they're not quite there yet. Like even my hair, I was talking to my hairdresser and we were talking about what I did and she's like, oh, you know, I just speak to my accountant because I just, I don't really understand what financial planners do. Yeah, And I think they're just going to sell me products and I don't think I've got enough money. She does, like, you know, she's got the, she's an ideal client for a financial planner, but because she doesn't have a place in her mind that they sit, she hasn't reached out to work with one. So mm. I feel like if I can help more advisors get their message across authentically and help them identify who they really want to get into their business, like attract their business that they can help more people and we all know more people have control of their money it is a happier place to be yeah very well said lisa and so how do people find you uh and your simple story message uh in order to do it um you know how do how do people follow your story or to learn a little bit more about how you work so jump, I've got a website, so lisagreensill.com. So there's plenty of case studies there. There's some tools, check out the footer. There's some tools in there, like even a link to create your own brand script, cool. a website checklist and blueprint, which is some great starting places for people. And um, connect with me on LinkedIn because I share my insights on there as well. That's awesome. So awesome, thank you. Thank you very much for our first guest. Um, like, you're paused on my screen, but I do think you're still there, correct? He's still She's there. Yeah. <laughs> your your face looks flattering on my screen nonetheless, even though you're paused, but I think you're going live, so it's all good. But thank you very much, Lisa, uh, for, for everything. Uh, you're obviously connected with us on LinkedIn and through Uncommon Sense, so uh, everyone can jump on your website as well to have a look at what you're doing. Uh, and Craig, last words, well, and then we'll yeah, I just off. think, mate, if you're looking at your website and thinking it's blah blah blah, um, <laughs> you could probably give Lisa a call or connection and uh, see if you can fix that. Hey, thanks for having me. That was really fun. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, hey. Wait till I end the stream. Thanks, everyone. Have a good afternoon. Cheers. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye.
but 